More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Friday edition, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I am back to 100% having vanquished Omicron. I am ready to fire away in support of truth and justice. And I know Buck Sexton is as well. This is the worst week, I believe, that we have maybe seen from a president in most of our lifetimes. Think about how bad this week has been for Joe Biden, and as a result, also, why he is in such incredibly awful position. It's early in Friday, so there may be something else awful that can happen to Joe Biden before the week is out. But just think about what we have seen so far as the week has played out. And by the way, before we get going into the anal- analyzing this, Afghanistan, I agree, was an awful week for Joe Biden. But it was primarily a failure in one specific area. It wasn't everything he was trying to do falling down on him in every different direction simultaneously. It's no coincidence that Joe Biden's approval ratings turned negative for the first time after Afghanistan and have continued to go down since. But Afghanistan was one significant failure. We've got multiple different levels of failure going on here this week. First of all, inflation hit a 39-year high at 7%. COVID hospitalizations and cases hit an all-time high this week. Every single day, they've continued to build. His own party rejected his demands to pass a voting bill and to change the filibuster. And the Supreme Court struck down his vaccine mandate by a 6-3 to vote, while we also got his lowest ever approval rating at 33%. Buck, the question that I think should be being asked at this point That's the worst week that I can remember any president having on that many different fronts simultaneously. 
And again, we're not even continuing considering the continued disaster of schools not letting kids come to class. We're not talking about the border being a mess. There are lots of the supply chain issues, bare shelves, Biden, all those things. Buck, I think you have to start to ask legitimate questions. We know that Biden's mental faculties are not strong, but are the people who are advising Joe Biden actually doing an even more awful job than he is? And by the way, I didn't even mention how bad Kamala Harris was in yet another interview that she tried to do. But, Buck, what are they thinking on Tuesday? They went down to Atlanta. He called everyone who didn't support his voting rights bill uh, Jefferson Davis and George Wallace, and then his own party, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona and Joe Manchin of West Virginia, two Democrats said no thank you to changing the filibuster. They knew this was going to happen. How have they managed to create such a cluster with Joe Biden this week? I think you're seeing the collision of two major components of the Biden regime right now, or you're seeing uh, two areas of systemic failure for what this regime, what the apparatus of Joe Biden uh, has been built on. One of them is the collapse of the promise. And by that, I mean, we've talked about this many times, Clay. Joe Biden managed to be elected in the historical fluke once in a century pandemic year with all of the media creating as much fear panic and blame for trump as possible with blm rampaging through cities across america corporate america terrified bending the knee everywhere all those things that were happening joe biden was the guy who shows up and says hey I'll bring back unity and normalcy, right? And they had to hide him in the basement for that case to be made, as we know, but that was what the apparatus was able to do. We have seen through every major action he's taken, but most notably this week in that speech in Georgia, that that's just a lie, that he has no interest in uniting, that in fact he uses terms like the pandemic of the unvaccinated as a pejorative, I mean, specifically to otherize what he views as his political opponents. Somehow the unvaccinated... It always, in the minds of the left, Clay, is white Trump voters. It's not still the considerable number of minorities in urban uh, areas of the country who have chosen not to get it. They're, they're not part of the disparaging the unvaccinated, right? They're not part of that of that terminology. When Biden says it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated and the unvaccinated are being unpatriotic, he means Trump voters. That's It's become a proxy for that. The other level where you see collapse is the results. Right. Look at the decisions that have been made, the decision to spend the one point nine trillion earlier this year, the decision to make an enormous multi trillion dollar. What is it? Five, six trillion, depending on however it's assessed a transformational spending package when you're at a 50 50 Senate and a handful of seat advantage in the House of Representatives. In what universe is Joe Biden supposed to be transformative? That's one part of it. And the other part of it is everything. I mean, I think you, you mentioned the reverse Midas touch, right? Yeah. Joe Biden has the reverse Midas touch, and we're seeing everything turn to lead. If it wasn't gold before, it's gotten worse. The Midas touch. Everything that Joe Biden touches turns to crap. I mean, and, and, and we've kind of, I try to think all the time in terms of, because it's maybe the lawyer in me, Buck. You have to think as if, sometimes you have the losing hand. Every lawyer out there who's who's listening to us right now, everybody who's been involved in court cases, you're uh, supposed to defend to the best ability that you can to advocate for your client. And sometimes your client doesn't have very good arguments. 
but you still have an obligation to do them to the best of your ability. If I sit back right now and I try to make an argument for what Joe Biden in his first year has done well as an advocate, right? You come to me and you say, Clay, I'll pay you a thousand dollars an hour. You're an attorney. Make the case for Joe Biden in a court of law right now that he's done a great job in the first year. It's almost impossible for me even to come up with an argument, Buck. You can maybe argue that infrastructure got passed, although I don't know what the significance of the infrastructure bill was in general. Uh, you can't argue anything positive about COVID right now because cases are at an all-time high. I guess you can argue, but for the amazing ability of the Biden administration to get the vaccines out, millions of more people would be dead. But I don't think most people buy that, right? That's not an argument that has a sound, logical, scientific basis. Maybe you can argue that China hasn't invaded Taiwan and that so far Russia hasn't invaded Ukraine, but it's almost impossible. I, I would add into that because of the approach of the Biden apparatus and the way that they've allowed Fauci to just go around haranguing everybody who doesn't agree. I mean, to essentially oppress everyone, be wrong all the time, and they and then say, you know, shut up, peasants. I'm Lord Fauci. Uh, the issue has not been access to vaccines. I mean, vaccines are... Anyone who wants to get a vaccine at this point, if they know how to go to the grocery store and get food for themselves, they, they can get a vaccine. OK, no one really thinks that vaccine lack of access is what is driving or, or what is it? It's people who either have made the affirmative decision from the, from early on. They don't want to take it, uh, which is a position that I, I understand why they make that case or how they make that case. But beyond that, they've the, the Biden uh, the Biden presidency has destroyed trust for a lot of people in all this. So while they can say, oh, we have all these shots everywhere for everybody, that's not really the, the problem isn't that they don't have enough shots. The problem is people don't trust Joe Biden and they don't trust what's been done in the name of the regime by the CDC and the rest of them. And when we see what's going on right now with their refusal to just speak openly about the fact that stopping the spread was a massive failure. Of course, people are going to have questions about their right to have questions about how much they can trust people like Fauci because they keep lying to them. Yeah. And also, there's lots of people out there who could be like me. Uh, I'm not getting the vaccine, but I was open to getting the vaccine back in March and April. Remember, I've told this story. I was scheduled. My wife had scheduled me to go get your Johnson and Johnson one shot buck. Uh, I was going to because I said I'm not going to wait. That's that's the real quality right there, buddy. Yeah, the Spirit Airlines, the one that basically they've said, hey, there's no point in even getting this shot anymore. But I didn't want to get two shots. I was going to go get the one shot on the day that I was scheduled to go to my local Publix or Kroger or whatever it was to get my shot. They pulled it from the market. And I was like, oh, well, this is uh, this is interesting. Uh, this is whatever it was March or April. You remember when they pulled it back because they had questions about whether it was safe or not. And then they brought it back. But by that point. I was looking around at the data and I was saying, yeah, this doesn't look like it's going to be that successful in terms of making me any safer at all. So I was open to the idea of getting the vaccine. I think there are people out there like me, lots. There are some people, like you said, who are 100 percent. I'm never getting the vaccine. There are other people who are like, hey, I'll wait and see how this goes. I don't feel like I'm any kind of significant threat from covid. I'm certainly not now. I can speak for it directly. I've had covid twice. I had the alpha version and now I've had the Omicron version. And neither one of them really were anything other than a slight cold for me. And I'm through both of them now. So, like, why in the world at this point would I ever go get vaccinated for anything when I've now got double immunity, in theory, against both versions? This also raises what we've been discussing for many months around natural immunity, which the the Fauciite 
religion, because I really do think this has turned into a religious faith for a lot of people, just ignores because it's inconvenient. Because, well, what, what would that mean then? And by the way, if you had better, if you had more of a focus on natural immunity, you'd probably also have better data because people would go out, they'd get tested for antibodies, you'd know, and then you'd have a better sample set to look at and see, because still people will say the va- vaccinated immunity, you know, the, the mouthpieces for the Biden regime will say vaccinated immunity is better than natural immunity. That there's most of the major studies have proven that to be absolutely untrue, but they still get away with it at some level because they've just ignored it. So we don't have good data on it here. We have to look at data in Israel or data in the UK, look at data that comes out of other countries when the reality is nature's vaccine, which you just got there, Mr. Omicron yeah. warrior. Nature's vaccine has been more durable and and uh, more lasting than what we've seen from people that have gotten the initial shots. And you know what I could say, Buck, because everybody who gets a breakthrough case, then, as you pointed out, we don't even use the phrase breakthrough case anymore. But everybody who gets Omicron after being double vaxxed and getting their booster says, oh, I got Omicron, but it would have been so much worse. Maybe I could say, hey, I got Omicron, but because I already had covid before. It wasn't very bad for me. I don't know. Maybe Omicron wouldn't have been bad for me if I'd never had Alpha 2. Maybe it wouldn't have been bad for you if you hadn't gotten double vaxxed and boosted. We don't really why, know. I mean, th- there's been this whole trend online. Clay and I kind of live in this matrix of Twitter and social media platforms. A lot of you have, you know, lives, so you don't, you don't see as much of this stuff, but there's a trend of the, the most neurotic commies. They love to do this thing where they say, I got four shots and I double mask and I never go outside and I wrap my kids in saran wrap and I, and I lice all my groceries and I still got Omicron and I'm super sick and I'm 30 years old, but it would have been so much worse without yes. the vaccine. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Every single one of them. You we have no idea. Like, how do we know that it would have been so much <laughs> I mean, worse? How do you like, where do they come up with this stuff? It's just, it's like sad and hilarious at the same time. I don't know what it's going to take. This is why all these people say, oh, I did everything right. It's a virus. The one time when your mask is down and you're in a crowded place, it doesn't matter if, you know, the three months before you were a hypochondriac freak who wouldn't go anywhere. The one time you're exposed, you can get it and then you got it and then you're done. That's true. And nothing else matters, by the way. Uh, but I do love it. I, maybe I need to start saying that. I would have been so much worse if I hadn't had natural immunity. We don't know. I don't know. It might not have been any different at all. Omicron doesn't seem to be that big of an issue for most people. Maybe my natural immunity didn't matter, and maybe your vaccine didn't have any impact on how you handled Omicron. All, all, of, the, all of the Fauci-eyed argument at this point, Clay, relies on that which can be asserted and never disproven. It would have been worse. More cases, more, you know, more this, more yes, that. that's and true. You never, how do you even... How do you prove it? How do you disprove it? Uh, with each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel the Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. We witnessed them achieving on both of those promises this past 12 months in particular because they have given Gold Star families and families of fallen first responders so much attention. Those families often include young children and need the support and assistance of you and me. This foundation leads the way with that kind of care and attention. For some families, the foundation brings the comfort of knowing they can stay in the home where they made memories with their fallen loved one. For other families, the foundation enables new memories to be cherished forever. All of this possible because of your generosity and support. Help our nation's greatest heroes and their families donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We have some fantastic guests. We just want to tell you real quick. Glenn Beck, you all know him. He's our fellow Premier Radio Network syndicated host. He is going to be with us at 2 Eastern time. Molly Hemingway, oh, he's going to talk about the Great Reset. You're going to want to hear about it. He's got a book out on it. Molly Hemingway, who's a brilliant lady, Fox News contributor, writes over at The Federalist. Uh, she'll be with us to talk about election integrity in Georgia. She knows that issue backwards and forwards. There were shenanigans, folks, in the last election. There were real ones. That's right. Media doesn't want you to know that. We'll talk about that. Molly will break it down. And then uh, Ronna McDaniel, RNC chair on should the Presidential Debate Commission or whatever it's called, should it continue as is basically... Republicans need to stop letting ABC and CNN activists pretend that they're having fair debates. It's appalling. It's stupid. Time to change that up. We'll talk to her about it. I think it's uh, well beyond time for that. But also, it's well beyond time for all of us to take. Now, I want to create a list. we got Lena Wynn, former Planned Parenthood president, CNN, one of the favorite doctors over at CNN. Cloth masks don't work. Uh, Former FDA chairman Scott Gottlieb, cloth masks don't work. That's what they've said on on air, on TV, because I've been I have been shut down by Twitter and Facebook for this more than anything else. Now, here is Biden's chief medical covid advisor, Dr. Osterholm. Play it. 
we published uh, work back as early as April of 2020 saying that, in fact, that this virus is transmitted by an aerosol, that kind of perfume-like floating in the room, and that we needed to have that very high level of respiratory protection. The world was slow to come to that. Uh, and today the CDC has still been slow to come to that point. So we all agree now, I think, of those who have the expertise in this area, you need these very tight face-fitting masks that also are breathable. And what I mean by that is it's fit and it's filtration. And the way you get fit is like a swim goggle. You can't have it leak. But if it's going to be that tight, then you have to have a material that allows the air to move through. Cloth doesn't do that. Cloth doesn't do that. You need better mask play because cloth masks don't work. This is Biden's guy. So are we going to have to wear gas masks around? Yeah, I mean, is, is that where this is going? I mean, it's funny. Early on, you're right, Buck. You could never say that the little gaiters that people were wearing around or that the cloth masks that people wear uh, and people still do it. I mean, I, I, I've, I'm tempted. I don't know about you. The only time I ever have to wear a mask now, thankfully, because I live in a free state, um, is on an airplane. But I'm tempted to buy those masks that just say this mask doesn't work. Uh, is that too big of a is that too aggressive of a uh, of a statement to make for when you're on the airport to have uh, when you're on the airplane? Have you seen those that just say this mask doesn't work? I love it. Uh, Can I get one? I need. Yeah. To, are you selling them at Outkick? I got to no, pick one we up. Sh- I mean. Is that too aggressive? Am I going to get kicked off the airplane if I wear that this mask doesn't work? That's mask? a first. I think that's a First Amendment. I mean, well, I mean, but you're I, on an airplane. Like, I it's don't a know. private, but then they're using the federal guideline to say, I don't know. That would be interesting. It is kind of a fascinating legal question. And by the way, we need to answer. I got so many questions. I bet you did too uh, about the Supreme Court case. At oh, some we point. didn't Maybe break we down the second. Up. We didn't. We weren't on air when the second case came down, which we got to talk yeah, about. That's got to be next, that. I think. Yeah, we got it. We've got to dive into that. And, uh, and cause I got so many questions about it. And we got a loss. Look, we got a big win when we were on air and then we got dealt the loss for freedom. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Brett Kavanaugh and Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, mortgage rates still near record, record lows. How much longer? How much longer will you be able to save an absolute bundle on your mortgages? All you have to do is call our friends at American Financing. We're talking about $12,000 a year and tens of thousands of dollars long-term with these guys. In fact, they've helped thousands of people just like you and me for over 20 years. So you can trust they're good at what they do. You could even skip up to two mortgage payments. So how do you get hooked up? Call American Financing at 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. You can also visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334, NMLS And here's the deal. You can save an absolute bundle. How much difference could $12,000 a year make for you and your family? Do it today. Call them right now. 777-8109-800-777-8109. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the Friday edition of the program. So much to dive into. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Supreme Court decision that came down while we were in the third hour of the program yesterday. So on the one hand, we got a big win, and that was what we were discussing uh, as we were uh, seeing the news come down. The 6-3 to three decision that the Biden administration vaccine mandate that impacted 84 million people, if you are one of the two-thirds of workers out there, essentially, that was employed by an employer with a hundred or more people, that vaccine mandate 
is not constitutional. Okay, so uh, it was an unconstitutional overreach by OSHA. We could get into the nitty gritty of the law, but that's the big takeaway. The larger issue here, and this is where I've gotten, and we're going to get to the other choice on uh, medical workers here in a second, the other decision, which did not, in my opinion, reflect well on Brett Kavanaugh or on Chief Justice Roberts. We'll get to that in a second. But the big issue here, Buck, uh, is what the Supreme Court really did was provide a lot of protection if you are fortunate enough to live in a red state. And if your governor in that red state has said, hey, you can't be fired for refusing the vaccine mandate, then that state law would be in effect and you would have legal recourse. Okay, so if you live in Florida, if you live in Texas, if you live in Tennessee, Georgia, uh, any red state out there, most governors have tried to protect if they have have tried to protect your right not to be fired if you choose not to comply with a vaccine mandate. So the company would be obligated to theoretically be bound by that state law in the red states. But but there are people who are in cities that have aggressive restrictions about the covid vaccine, for instance, where you are right now in New York City. And I imagine, although I haven't done a deep dive on this, there are some people in red states who live in blue cities, and you might have in some of those places a conflict between the city uh, uh, law and the state law in terms of which governs when it comes to vaccine mandates. So this is a big mess. My easiest answer to everybody out there, because I got uh, blown up because this is complicated with so many people asking questions about this is, You need to consult with a labor and employment lawyer in your city or state to know for certain how this applies for you in light of the Supreme Court decision striking down the big mandate that would have impacted 84 million workers. Now, Kavanaugh and Roberts both bailed when it came to the medical mandate. And so that was allowed to stand. That impacts around 10 million workers, is my understanding. (laughs) And that was allowed to stand by a five to four basis, which I think is a failure of testicular fortitude, to put it, to put it mildly, on behalf of both Roberts and Kavanaugh. They're trying to split the baby here. Yes. And so while we were able to tell you about what felt like and is a big win for freedom from vaccination mandates for companies with over 100 employees, as Clay points out, there are states where you're still going to have to get the shot. I'm in one of them, New York. And beyond that, the CMS, uh, the, the federal mandate for healthcare workers means that we are at a time right now when uh, we've lost this is according to my friend Phil Kirpin over at the uh, the Examiner. Forty nine thousand staffed hospital beds in the last three hundred sixty five days. Sixteen thousand staffed hospital beds lost in the last thirty days. We have fired thousands of nurses and doctors across the country for refusing to get a shot that, as we know, does not actually meaningfully change the risk of getting and spreading the virus to other people, certainly not beyond a perhaps a 60 day period of the initial inoculation. And then beyond that, Clay, they're letting covid positive doctors and nurses. They're, they're demanding that they come back in to provide care to people because they're so understaffed. So on the one hand, 
There's the reality of, okay, fine, maybe. And by the way, I think this was wrongly decided, too. But you can see what happened here. They decided that when the federal government is giving money specifically to health care organizations, health care places, hospitals, essentially, they can make the determination that there are these excessive, in my opinion, mandates in place. I mean, Justice Thomas, I read the decision this morning. Justice Thomas is like, yeah, but this isn't about just when you're in the hospital. You yeah. got to have that shot with you, so to speak, when you Which go they home acknowledge in the other opinion, right. striking it down for 84 million. That's right. So in this case, though, they decided, all right, well, for healthcare workers, we'll, we'll make this. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. OK, even if the federal government, let's just say now, has the authority. Now, the the the, uh, the push should be, what the heck is the Biden regime doing right now? We're in the middle of the big surge. We need all the capacity we can get. And they're going to dramatically harm capacity in some places while there are there are hospitals that are sending in covid positive personnel. But think about how what kind of madness that is. Well, it's 100 percent right from a functional perspective. It's broken. This is also what I think is going to happen with the abortion cases in June, Buck. I I, this is my prediction uh, that they are going to allow the Mississippi for people out there who've been paying attention to it. The 15 week. Uh, they're going to b- bump it back down from 23 or 24 weeks, whatever it is, and shoot down what Texas did. And so they are going to uh, basically be in that uh, that middle area where people can say, oh, uh, look, we won, but we also lost. And so it's a middling result that to me feels very political in nature. And that's what John Roberts has done as the chief justice of the Supreme Court. He's tried to incrementally alter the trajectory of the court without rocking the boat enough that people really get upset at him. I think everybody should get ready for a reality here of seasonal Fauciism until you have a change in power at the federal level, meaning that there's going to be some remnants of this even past the midterms. In New York and California and New England and Illinois, in the blue states, there will be these measures and there will be mask mandates that come and go. They're going to keep doing this. And at the federal level, we know the last place you won't be free of this madness until they stop pretending that you have to mask up between bites on an airplane. That only happens when the federal bureaucracy is no longer in the hands of the Biden regime and the lunatic libs who just don't care about the data that's coming to show that this stuff. I mean, Clay, where are all the people we played? Michael, a Dr. Osterholm before saying cloth masks don't do anything. Think about this. He's explained to everybody quite well, actually. Yes. That you have perfume mist, essentially, is what you can't really see it. That's what the virus is traveling in. Anyone who thinks that that paper mask that you've been putting on and off your face is going to save you from that is just not very bright at this point. I mean, it's just not possible for anyone to really understand the mechanics involved here. But for Democrats, it's become a, it's their MAGA hat. That's really, we have to remember, this has become a symbol of obedience to the regime. They're not going to let it go anytime soon. And so that's why even as these court cases come forward, until you have a Republican in the White House, you're going to have to deal with some of this stupid restriction policy. Over under how long do we have to keep wearing masks on airplanes until you have a Republican president? I'm and you think all the way to 24. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. These people are insane. The libs in my building are crazy. 
the people who run restaurants in my neighborhood now, who in some <laughs> cases are saying you have to mask up for the walk to the chair and oh, then yeah. stay masked an extra two or three minutes until we bring you your beverage. It must be an alcoholic beverage, though. The water on the table does not count. It's These really people, ridiculous. that happened, by that happened to me. That's real now. I actually That's went and checked this out. This is an anxiety disorder. These people are having a mental breakdown in slow motion. Here's a question anybody with pain dreads getting from a friend. How are you feeling today? Anybody living with pain is tired of getting this question and even more tired with their own answer. No matter how many pain relief medicines you might try, the pain doesn't go away. Solution may be with a product that's not in drugstores or supermarkets. It's called Relief Factor. Created by doctors, perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product made for pain sufferers. If you're contending with everyday pain, would you spend 20 bucks and give up as much as three weeks' time for a proven solution to hundreds of thousands of people? Well, that seems like a pretty good deal. Hundreds of thousands of people have tried Relief Factor, and 70% of them have gone on to order more. That's telling Relief Factor works for 7 in 10 people. Are you one of those 7 in 10 who would like to live their life in less pain? If so, Buck, what do you do? Join more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the 1995 three-week quick start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-the number four relief. Relief Factor, feel the difference. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? 
Doesn't look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. We're going to take a lot of calls on Friday because it's Friday. Thanks for being here with us. 800 282 2882. And just a little preview in case you're wondering why. I love hanging out with Clay and Buck, but throw a little spice into it. We want a little sizzle on Friday. We got our friend Molly Hemingway from The Federalist and Fox News, brilliant on a whole range of issues, but written a book on the problems of the 2020 election. You want to know what really happened, what election integrity measures are necessary, what we have to do, what this fight's all about. Molly's going to break it all down for you. Glenn Beck in the third hour of the program, so that'll be at 2.05 Eastern. The guy who actually started my media career found me like a little lost puppy on the street. Um, well, coming out of the CIA, but same idea. And uh, Glenn found me, got me started. He's going to join to talk about the Great Reset. And we've also got uh, Ronna McDaniel, RNC chairperson, about the change in the presidential debates. Clay, we are racked and stacked today, man. You want to get some calls? All right, let's get into it. We have Phil in Colorado. What's up, Phil? How you doing? Oh, having a great day. Good morning, gentlemen. I was giving you a ring. I heard about uh, Clay and his, you know, is thinking about a new mask. And uh, I'm here in in Boulder, in uh, Denver, Boulder, Colorado, and so there's plenty of the mask hysteria here. I personally don't usually choose to wear one, but when I do, I always wear a mask that says placebo in big, white, bold letters, uh, just to let everybody know exactly what I think about the usefulness of these things. And um, I generally get nothing but compliments for it. Haven't gotten, but maybe a dirty look once or twice, but by and large, people are just like, that is so true. And, you know, at least out here in Denver, um, you know, people are abiding by it, but I don't think that many folks believe in it. Yeah. You know what? Placebo is a smarter version of saying this mask doesn't work. So the people who are able to see that and think, oh, placebo effect are probably what a smaller percentage of the population, probably smarter and unaware that masks don't work. That's a smart idea. I'm more blunt. I like the idea of just wearing a mask that says this mask doesn't work on an airplane flight. I just don't know what it would do to flight attendant antagonism. Like, am I putting myself in a rough spot? Can they can they demand that you take off that mask and replace it with another mask? Right. I mean, obviously, if you stand, I mean, if you stand up on a plane and yell, you know, everybody freeze or something worse, like it's going to be a violation of federal law. You're going to get arrested, right? Obviously, can they use the same kind of you're creating a disturbance by wearing a placebo mask on a plane. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I think that's. Has uh, it happened to anybody out there listening to us where I, I imagine, I know for a while there, Buck, they were like looking at masks and saying, oh, this one isn't effective enough. I haven't seen that happening for a while. And they would make you put on another mask. But I'm curious if anybody's been forced to take off something that says like this mask doesn't work or placebo because the airline isn't happy with the message that you're sending while you're flying. I wonder. I I, mean, I think that pretty much my sense of it is that now there are many lovely airline attendants and great, great guy and gal airline attendants out there who love freedom and this radio show. And you are part of our family. That all said, I do think that if an airline attendant wants to act like a Siberian prison guard, you're in their world. Like there's yeah. very little you could do if they decide that. They don't like the look on your face. You said something, you know, snarky. They will hold that plane up for an hour before it takes off. They will drag your butt off with the police and you will be banned from that airline forever. I, uh, my understanding 
having seen this play out, is that that's kind of the way it is. It's a little bit like, actually, if you're at to like a Immigrations and Customs Enforcement at the border. Oh, it, yeah. Y- you mouth off to that guy or that gal who's got that You're ice there heater. a long time. You are there for as long as they want you to be. If they want to break open something that, you, you know, if, if you've got like a, you know, some kind of a, a clay pot that you've brought over the border or something. They want to smash it. They can. I mean, there's a lot they can they can do, and you are powerless. That is the yes. reality of it. So that's that's my concern about do, deciding to send that message with mask. I'm fortunate the only place I have to wear it is on the airplane. Like we're gonna we've got a big event in Fort Myers next week. Uh, so Ali said, don't wear it when you're traveling down. Like we're we're gonna be down there Thursday for our event on Friday. Um and uh, and that is funny. If I wasn't allowed to fly because I was trying to fly with my this mask doesn't work uh, mask. All right, next up, Jacqueline in Texas. Hey, Jacqueline. Hi, how are you guys? Good, how are Excellent. you? I'm doing great. I just wanted to make a comment real fast about the vaccination. Uh, in the very beginning, when they put the guidelines out for certain people to get the vaccination, I fell under that immune compromised category, and I resisted it. I get infusions every four weeks for rheumatoid arthritis. And so my rheumatologist, every time I come in, he'd say, did you get your vaccination? I'm like, no, no, no. My whole family had it, and I didn't get it. He said, well, there's an easy way to solve that. Let's see what your antigens show in your body, in your blood. He did the test, and he said, you had it. You just didn't realize you had it. My deal is how many people have been exposed, and they aren't aware, but they feel pressure to get that vaccination. Tens of millions. It's a great question, Jacqueline. Tens of millions of people have had COVID and are being forced to get the COVID vaccine, even though they may think that they haven't had COVID. I mean, this is the biggest failure to me. Uh, We've hammered on this, the natural immunity angle, but just knowing the percentage of people that have antibodies to covid either brought on by vaccination or natural immunity we don't even know buck like we legitimately don't have that data i don't think they want that data i think that there's an intentional effort to only chase certain numbers from the people in charge look the cdc is like the dmv making determinations about your health your life your death that's what's actually been the case in america now for quite some time ken in kentucky what's going on ken Hey, I just wanted to make a comment about um, all these people that think the vaccines are making their mild, their symptoms milder. My brother's had two shots. I've had one. My wife had none. We all three got Omicron about a month ago, and my wife feels better today than me or my brother either one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a great point. I mean, you are – thanks for the call. When you say, oh, I would have been so much worse if I hadn't gotten the vaccine, there's actually no way to know if that's true or not, right? I didn't get the vaccine. I had Omicron. It was virtually non-existent for me. Maybe it was because I had uh, had alpha version. Maybe it was just because Omicron's not that bad. Maybe it's because Omicron stares at Clay Travis and is terrified all of a sudden, you know? Clay Travis doesn't there. get Omicron. Omicron gets Clay Travis. <laughs> a lot of people, blue checks out there, disappointed that I didn't die of Omicron. They would have loved if I, if I had died. They would have been tap dancing on my grave. I would have been trending everywhere. Unfortunately, not going to happen. May die. It's not going to be from Omicron. We're all. We actually all are going to die, which is a broader philosophical. What a a bummer! What a bummer! Sorry, not a good Friday moment there. Anyway, but we're all going to be okay for the next couple hours. We've got a great show coming your way. Molly from the Federalist. Molly Hemingway. Stick around. 
You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 